0: You are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to the Rouge White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name's Oz Davis, I'll be co-hosting the show. Joining me as always, as co-host, is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how are you doing today? Hmm,
1: I don't know what I did to deserve that kind of welcome, but I'm doing oh, all right. Come.
0: Yeah, I really went out of my way. I really broke out the old production values budget on that one, huh? No. <laughs> No, I guess it's to make up for the fact that I couldn't be bothered to make up a title. I'm too depressed about my Alouettes losing this week. But I do have have some good news from the schadenfreude department. Now, Joe, you told me before the show that you didn't watch very much uh, NFL this weekend. But I did. I did. I watched the whole blur on Sunday. You know, red zone. I was watching the Rams game and and whatnot, the late game and whatnot. And I believe it was after the second round of games on Sunday, so before the evening game, when Tony Dungy announced that the replay-mageddon has begun. Tony Dungy on one of his shows was commenting that three games had been had turned on fourth-quarter replace of pass interference calls. Yes, the new rule introduced into the NFL based on the extremely briefly lived experiment in the CFL of unfettered pass interference calls with eight zillion coaches' interference calls in their pocket still available. So, only now may we hope that Sanity... Can continue, uh, can return, I should say, can continue, yeah, sure. Can return to the NFL in this regard very soon. I don't know if anybody out there cares one bit about the NFL, but neat little CFL rule change note down south there. Yeah, I I wouldn't count on it. How about them Packers? You happy with them?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have a a defense. Yeah, it's nice to see them play good football for at least chunks of games uh getting up 21 to nothing was helpful and that was enough
0: now don't forget before you get overconfident that the ottawa Redblacks also began the season 2-0 and yeah yep
1: that that is completely true and, and really <laughs> really it's it's not gonna break my heart either way i really have no expectations
0: this season so that's right. I, I know you're not much of an NFL guy anymore, even though you live in Packer land, uh, because, of course, we love the CFL here at the Bruce, Wright and Blue CFL podcast. So let's talk last week's games now. I just name-dropped the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks for you, and they were involved in a game with the other bottom feeder of the 2019 CFL the BC Lions and as I understand it these two teams actually played something of a game in Vancouver Joe but you had an alternate suggestion for folks who want to hear about it
1: yeah see I, I love the CFL about as much as anybody could uh, but I also have a life outside of that which includes the top <laughs> so uh, when it's a when it's a game that's at Bedtime between two teams that have a combined four wins this late in the season, uh, I pass. And if you really want to hear. <laughs> much in-depth coverage on this i'm sure wood cookie will be out this week uh, our friends our friend Ron. also i know the moosh podcast also a part of the canadian football podcast network had brian from bc lion's dad i'm sure they went over that game in great detail uh, in case you re- you're really missing it so definitely give those two shows a, a checkout no matter what but if you really want the inside skinny on this one probably best to go to those two at least
0: I just want to say this, that this is how disappointed I am with the BC Lions performance and just how appalled I am by what the Ottawa Red Blacks have assembled over there um, in this rebuilding year, is this. We've been doing this show for parts of, I think, five seasons now? Is it parts of five seasons?
1: Yeah, we caught the very tail end of 2015, so we've had three full, and this is our fourth full, and then we caught the very end of... The first one, so yeah, almost right, uh, almost four so full. So for of
0: five games. seasons, literally, I have caught the majority of every single game. There have been two full seasons in which I watched the entirety of every game. Okay, I watched at least ninety-five to ninety-seven percent of these games. I did not watch a single play of this game. Okay, and apparently they had so much fun. That they're gonna do it again next week. Oh boy! I probably, I, I probably will watch some of that next week. I, ca- I can't possibly miss two games in a CFL season. I mean, there's only like a hundred of these things, right? So even less than that. So wait, I can tell you, it's uh, it's 81, right? Yeah,
1: 81 regular season. 81
0: regular season.
1: Uh, however many we can watch in the preseason, and then see two <laughs> well, to five that. playoff games. So. Yeah 86. yeah, 86 if you count counting
0: the playoff games and not the preseason. Right. right. So that's basically like a first-round playoff NBA team season. So I can I can definitely afford to watch all of those because I do have a life, but it's not much of a life. So I don't mind blowing off certain parts of it. I, I wanted to say this, too, about those five years that I watched games. I watched games coming out of eye surgery on, like, tons of painkillers. Okay, after which I needed an interpreter to understand what I had seen. But I still did not watch the BC Ottawa game last week. Not to put too fine a point on it or anything. In any case, let's talk about a much, much, much better game. Very interesting, edgy-your-seat kind of stuff. Calgary Stampeders, 19. Hamilton Tiger Cats, 18. A heavyweight game. Heavyweights exchanging blows in a CFL game. I just generally thought that this was excellent football. I mean, I, I liked how the Stampeders' defense kept uh, the team in the game. Uh, the offense really couldn't get things going until really one drive, maybe one and a half drives in that fourth quarter, in which they got back to the old-fashioned, eating-up-the-clock Stampeders' style and just sort of unstoppable on offense. Um so right now, Joe, I looked this up for your benefit. Uh, the odds to win, let's see, i got to find this here. The odds to win the Great Cup are now they have the Bombers at plus 275. Yes, that's it. 275, plus 275 on the Bombers to win the World Cup. And on the Stampeders, plus 280. Okay, the Stampeders are slowly moving up the favorites chart here. Pretty soon they're going to be the odds-on favorite to win the Grey Cup, even though they're a game and a half game behind Winnipeg. What were your impressions of Calgary in this game? Did you see the low-watt offense, or just you know the confident team that knows it's going to get it done?
1: Uh, more of the latter, uh, because they've had they haven't been blowing the doors off of people these last couple of years. Uh, but they've been sticking in there and being a very tough out for anybody. They still are. Uh, eight and four is about as low as you could probably reckon they would be with how they've performed this season, and that was with Bo being out for so long. They're scary. They're scary. That's all there is. I mean, to just,
0: you're saying they don't blow teams out. I mean, they just win sixteen games out of twenty. I mean.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah, you, you all, just don't see them all. you
1: just don't see them walking away uh from a team like even like bc they had to scramble to win that one uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're the they're, they're always in tight games it feels like they're not like even like the last best they i've seen them play probably and just Owning an opponent was a Labor Day and the Labor Day rematch. That was the best I've seen Calgary play all season. And then they Hamilton, took care of the
0: Riders, too. Right. They have, early
1: on, they did, do, they did yeah. have that one big blowout. But that's really the only one I can think of this year. But yeah. they are playing probably some of their best football all season. Hamilton happens to be the same thing, a tough out. And no. they almost canceled each other out. I mean, a one point game goes either way, especially uh, if you, if uh, Trey Roberson happens to miss time a leap, uh, oh which he God. obviously did not because he's clearly Superman, uh, saving <laughs> the game for the for the Stampeders as Hamilton was going for the winning points at the very end. But it, that was how close it was. They needed to block that kick, and they did.
0: I've never seen a, I've never seen a prettier block. Honestly, I've never never seen a better block field goal. That was that was just perfect. That was just great. How did he get that high up there? I mean, he was dunking it. He was picking a quarter off the backboard there at that point. I mean, that was he just got right up there and just in the per- perfect position. It was great. It was great. Can't say enough about that block kick. Um, can't say enough generally about the Calgary defense in that second half. I mean, they allowed one point in the entire second half. So really, wasn't even the defense. Really was. The special teams just shutting him down. Now, I wonder, I wanted to ask you this, Joe, because, yes, Hamilton played a hell of a game. But you can't help but notice the shift down at quarterback still after all this time. And I'm wondering if they weren't suffering from too much reliance on Brandon Banks to make things happen. I mean, here he is. I mean, he had a dominant game. By a low-scoring game standard, by by the standards of a game where you're only scoring 18 points and there's only 37 points in the whole game. But uh, I mean, this dude had 13 targets, 17 if you include the carries, quote unquote, which were mostly all you know behind the line of scrimmage passes. So yes, 17 targets. Now this is more than twice as much. This is twice as much as the next nearest guy on the team. Plus, I mean, the end of the game for Hamilton, as it turns out, was him losing the fumble on that trick play I mean here they are they're up 18 nine it's the end of the, the the very end of the third and they're driving this is the last time they would ever put together a solid drive this is the last time they ever scored I mean they didn't score again after this point so I'm almost wondering if it's if it's too much Brandon banks uh, for the better teams in the CFL to be fooled
1: maybe but I tell you what. Uh, Dane Evans did not, um, did n- did not. Uh, well, let me put it this way: he he w- he didn't buckle under the pressure. He did lead the Tiger yes. down the field uh, in crunch time to mm-hmm. at least get the field goal set up. Whereas a lot of younger quarterbacks facing that defense in that situation may not have had more than three plays. Uh, Evans just kept the ball moving kept the ball moving got them to where they needed to go to at least have a chance to win and for a guy that hasn't had a full year experience starting yet that's pretty darn impressive in my book
0: yeah yeah I mean Evans is keeping his cool but I think one of the more valuable things he's doing is kind of realizing his limited skills look here's here's another one of my favorite stats You know, here's Banks now he's got uh, 105 receiving yards. 87 of those are yards after the catch. In the fourth quarter, he's got four receptions. All of them are near the line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, there, he's he's being counted on to make things happen. Now, yeah, he doesn't get flustered. He's no John Jennings out there. Okay, he's not making bad decisions. But I, he, he's he's a game manager, right? He's not a game breaker. So right? He's not. You
1: know, so far, but that's what you have next yeah. for, right? You He breaks one tackle. I guess. And he breaks one tackle yeah. at the right time, and that's all she wrote. So you keep giving him the ball in open space, and Calgary was on top of it. They made sure that that didn't happen late in the game, but how many teams are going to be able to do that?
0: Okay, so I was I was thinking about this too going forward. All right, let's say that the Tiger Cats avoid complacency, who I think is their biggest enemy going forward because they've opened up such a lead on Montreal Um Let's say they avoid complacency. Let's say they go 15 and three. Let's say they get to the Grey Cup, maybe even win the Grey Cup. Okay, who's the MVP or who's the MOP? Is it Banks? Does Banks actually have an argument here?
1: Uh, probably could. Uh, I think that wow. comes out before the Cary Cup, though.
0: As yes, I That yes, happens yes, the
1: week before, yes. so them winning the whole thing is gonna, isn't going to figure into it's all that. A but, yeah, I mean, if if they end up being dominant down the stretch, he would have as good a case as anybody, because I don't think there's really a clear case right now.
0: Oh well, not um, on Hamill. And I,
1: not for any. probably
0: not for really. me I mean yeah I was well I was wondering how, how Winnipeg um, comes out of this and you know does Harris have an probably even though he it, gets suspended it doesn't
1: matter uh, even if he has even if he has the stats for it he doesn't have um, enough support that won't happen
0: hmm wow wow Wow, and and it's certainly not going to be a defensive player this year. Well, I can't say certainly, but probably not going to be a defensive player this year either. Wow, wild. Okay. The race for the MOP heats up. Uh they'll just give it to Bo Levy, right? Um, okay, so yeah, kudos to Trey Robinson. Um I guess the Tiger the Tiger cats still only need one win to clinch a playoff spot. Or did they do it by dint of Montreal losing?
1: They did not. Do you want to go through the playoff scenarios now or wait until uh, uh the next week's games?
0: Well, I could just ignore the fact that the Alouettes lost. No, no, no. Subs- you need to tell okay. me why your all right. team is going to do playoff scenarios. Favors. <laughs> let's. <laughs> all right. Let's talk play- playoff scenarios after the break. Um, all right. We grudgingly, we'll talk to Saskatchewan Rough Riders 27, Montreal Alouettes 25. Look, I can't complain too much. I mean, CFL fans certainly got their money's worth. Uh, in this game, another great game. Too bad that first one was such a clunker because these last two games are really, really edgy of seat, exciting stuff. Um, Vernon Adams, maybe one of his best games as far as, you know, just judgment calls, as far as just like, you know, again, making the right calls. Every game I see him, and his rhythm is better. Every game I see him, and he's mixing up the pass plays, short passes, long passes, running plays, he's mixing it up better, even though we only had one Back in this game, William Standback, um, who didn't do anything too outstanding except who he punched a hole through the touchdown, for a little 12 yarder. That was that was a nice one. I like that. But, um, I mean, on the whole, what can we say? Uh, you got to give a lot of props to Cody Vajardo. Wow, he's the discovery of the of the year. I mean, do they give a most improved player? He's got to be the most improved player. I mean, who is this dude now? He didn't throw an interception in this game. He's only got three picks in the last, what, seven games? Yeah, seven games. Um, And, you know, great team leader and intangibles and all that. Now, okay, it seemed like he got about 70 million circus catches out of his receivers this week. I mean, it wasn't that many, but it seemed like he was getting a lot of nice highlight-reel catches this week. But, wow, I mean, Fajardo, huh, Joe?
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh the bombers seem to be able to hold him in place for the most part, but kudos to him for bouncing back off of a couple of not his greatest weeks and mm-hmm. doing enough to get, pull this one out. And I mean, even after a couple of his not greatest weeks, he still pulled out one of those games as a victory. So that's there's something said for that. Even when you're not at your best, uh, yeah. I the I'm sure there are, I'm sure there weren't a lot of rider fans sitting there going, ooh, Cody Fajardo is in. We're, it's time for this for things to pick up here. I'm sure a lot of them, especially after the 1-3 start, were a little bit panicky, but they, seemed to, well, they yeah. seemed to be all about the Jesus sprinkles all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. All I know is that since Fajardo has come into this game, there is this running game element. I mean, he takes off you know, five half dozen times a game as well. In this game, Powell had 15 for 94 along with Fajardo's own 29. So, and two touchdowns. Scored twice on the ground. So, I'm liking this dimension to the Saskatchewan game. However, you know, it's like we talked about last week. Um, we feel as though the riders just don't have enough weapons against the real elite teams of this year's CFL, but they're going to take care of business against the Montreals of the league. Yeah,
1: and they keep hanging around, and and all they have to do is get hot in November, and I'm a very, very sad guy all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) All right, so what do I like out of the Alouettes in this game, Joe?
1: What do you like? You like that Vernon Adams continues to continues to show that he deserves that job because now you're it's at least you have somebody now for the first time since possibly jonathan Crompton at the end of 2014 in the last couple of weeks where you could feel like you were relying on him even though that team was a lot more based on their defense and they always seemed to come out and and win games at the very end out of nowhere at least you have somebody that you can go, okay, that's my quarterback and I'm okay with that. And it's been a long time coming from Montreal. You, I don't know. I don't know how you felt about Kevin Glenn there, but ah. even, but before that, you're probably back to Crompton, And then of course, way, way, a couple, even another year or so before that, it was Calvillo. Uh, you're not, you're right. not hitting that point yet. You're not hitting that point for the next decade, probably. But, you got to be feeling probably the best you felt about your quarterback situation in somewhere in the last five years.
0: Oh, of course. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Glennon, Glennon, and, and Crompton. I mean, the, the thing about Crompton in 2014 is, I mean, you could read the writing on the wall, and you knew 2015, you know, he wasn't going to be a stud for the Allouettes. Uh Same with Glenn. These are not even medium term solutions. You know, these are plug and play and let's hope we can we can string together nine ten wins this year. Um, so in that respect, hey look, I have reasonable certainty that opening day next year Vernon Adams is gonna be the quarterback. That's what we haven't had since Calvillo. <laughs> you know, is that like, wow, you know, as as the man once said, we can build on this.
1: Right. You can build you can you also know, build mean, on going to Regina and being into the game until the last play—that's something to build on mm. all by itself. Yeah, especially yeah. with the riders being as good as they are this year. That's taking oh, a quality been... opponent in a place that's hard for most teams to win in, and you're and all the only thing standing between you and victory is uh, louder making that kick at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. If if only we'd had Trey Roberson. I got to say, Joe, I got to say, you know, you told me at the top of this segment that, uh, you know, my Montreal Alouettes couldn't help out your Bombers any. Dude, I really, really wanted to.
1: Yeah, and Hamilton (laughs) couldn't quite do it either, and both of them were very, very close. And I'm sitting here going, really, we couldn't have had a few more more plays go a couple inches the other way. But we'll have to take care of our own business.
0: That's the thing. You trade the field goal block, and then all of a sudden you're happy. Either you give give the block to Montreal, take it away from Calgary. Both of those results are flipped, and then you're happy.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's life as a bomber.
0: (laughs) That's why we have tabletop. Yes. (laughs) In dice, there is justice sometimes. In any case, let's go to the break. Welcome back. We'll talk next week. We'll talk playoff scenarios on the News, Wright and Blues CFL podcast. I'm Oz Davis. I'm with my co-host, Joe Pritchard. We're talking next week's games. But first, let's talk playoffs. Okay, Joe, what's on tap this week? I feel like what we should can make change? this a
1: regular segment until the end of the season and we- lead off with that quote every single week. And you know, well, if we ever both can't make a show some week, we could just run a loop of, like, 90s and 2000s press conferences and just, you know, find the best ones. And we'd have probably enough for an hour and everybody would be entertained. Probably more entertained than uh, listening to us, I'm sure.
0: Well, you could also throw in the Joe Cap uh, stuff as well. Joe Cap and, uh, was it Angela? Yeah, yeah, that he used to mix it up with. Yeah, you could throw in that stuff, you know, for the for the local CFL flavor. Yeah, the Rouge White and Blue Meltdown podcast. Yeah, that would be a great one. That stuff doesn't happen nearly enough anymore.
1: No, but, it doesn't. But, but
0: I am waiting for the next.
1: Let's see. Where, where? Where? am I at? Three years and nine months until I can run around to everybody, point to my chest, and say, "I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> Come at me. Not that I haven't been counting down since the day that happened. But anyway, let's get off of man. That's
0: that's then. pretty sick, twisted joke. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Oh, by the way, this. This proves that you don't listen to the podcast. I I, I you know, I don't blame you because I don't either, except when I'm mixing these things down. But every time we make that reference, I do sample in Mora.
1: Nice, nice, nice.
0: So I've got that. I've got that shaved down to like a nice clean. I have my choice between which of the three playoffs I want. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I'm not very high tech, but that – sample i can do you 12 different ways nice in any case okay so talk to us about what's going to happen this week with our slate of four games vis-a-vis the playoffs well
1: let's just run down what what the scenarios are probably the easier way to do this so hamilton literally needs one of four things to happen they either need to win or tie so basically if they don't lose to Edmonton, they're in the playoffs. Okay. However, if they do lose to Edmonton, either Ottawa losing, which, let's face it, is probably (laughs) going to happen, or tying BC also puts Hamilton in the playoffs. The magic number is literally one for them, because that would clinch Hamilton's second place in the East. That's all they would need. Okay. So, out uh, West it's slightly more
0: complicated. So, Edmonton but, is de- I mean, I'm sorry. Hamilton is depending on BC not losing. In order to win the East. That's really bizarre. In order to be in order to clinch second place in order the East the
1: in week 15.
0: Right, that's so weird. Okay. Well, they can All take right. care what of the,
1: they could take care of their own business too. All they have to do is of not course. lose and their
0: win and their when in the At playoffs.
1: any yeah. point in the next six or seven weeks. So uh, I don't okay. think they have a lot to worry about here. No. So out West, it's a little bit more convoluted because there are a lot of teams that are very, very good out West. So uh, for the next two scenarios to happen, Ottawa needs to lose. It's not quite a given, but you know we're probably going to see that happen. So if Calgary wins and Ottawa loses, that puts Calgary – and Winnipeg in the playoffs,
0: because the wow. Ottawa
1: loss puts them in the put
0: guarantees across guarantees
1: a, yeah. well no well it guarantees that should the worst happen across the, the crossover would happen with one of these two teams. Yes. Okay. So and and here's kind of the weird part: if Winnipeg wins and Ottawa loses, but Calgary doesn't win. That puts Winnipeg only in a playoff spot.
0: Um, yeah, because it would mean Toronto wins and they move right, up to the way. Right,
1: because Calgary is playing Toronto, so if right. Toronto right. and Ottawa both lose, they both have 10 losses, which means any mm-hmm. team with nine wins is in the playoffs. Because you okay. already have BC at 10 losses, too. So any team right. exactly. that finishes 500 or better is going to be in the playoffs, assuming that Toronto loses one more time and Ottawa loses one more time. So Calgary beating Toronto and Ottawa losing puts both Winnipeg and uh, Calgary in the playoffs. Saskatchewan has a bye, so they don't now, get that advantage. They don't get up to nine wins this week, so they can't claim that the crossover yet.
0: Okay, I got a good one for you. Can you – do you happen to know this? How soon are the Alouettes going to have number two in the East locked up?
1: Okay.
0: I mean, isn't that going to – I mean, look, they're three and a half behind – no, they're three and a half ahead of Ottawa, and they're two and a half behind Hamilton. When – So – Now, Ottawa
1: has beaten Montreal once. Has Montreal beaten Ottawa? Uh
0: Yes. And yes, I'm gonna double check that, but I'm pretty sure.
1: And but there's a third game between the teams in week 21, so they can't claim to have the tiebreaker on tr- on Ottawa quite yet. Right. So that pushes things out here. How about Toronto? Oh, okay. Have you swept them? Have you beaten them? Because I see you have at least one more on the schedule with them.
0: Yeah, we got at least one more with them. Let's see. I'm trying to being very high tech here. I'm trying to call them. Schedule.
1: Uh touched on atlantic okay. was a
0: okay. victory let's see so... yeah that's right yep
1: and yep. i think you have one more okay. so, so you yeah. don't have the tiebreaker and you really can't even claim that you're that you have it quite yet because you only beat it by six so yeah that's gonna stretch things out quite a bit but i would say a reasonable scenario is probably in three or four weeks
0: Wow, I'm surprised it's going to take that
1: long. And just depending on how you do, because you don't have the tiebreaker yet. Uh, you don't. Right. I don't believe you have a bye coming up anytime soon either, because you're only at 11 games.
0: So in other words, mathematically, the Alouettes could still fall out of the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, because they could lose. They could theoretically, of course, lose the next seven games and be six and 12. <laughs> Which loses you the tiebreaker to Ottawa, obviously, yes. because they had, they had beaten you, and probably loses you the tiebreaker to right. Toronto too. So if either of those two teams it wins two or three more games, six wins, they tie yeah. you. No. But Jesus. that is assuming you lose all seven, and I don't think that happens. So.
0: But basically, well, basically what you said, but be- yeah, because what you said before is all Ottawa or Toronto needs to do. Is lose one more game, and then Montreal goes 500, and that's it. That's it. it. Yeah, and all they'll need is nine wins, so that could be decided in three games. Right. So, yeah, we're looking at three games. Right,
1: or right Ottawa, now. Loses right now. To, Ottawa and year. Toronto lose the next two weeks, Montreal wins the next two weeks, and you're set to go. That Something is, like that, right? Yeah. right. Okay. Not that it's right. really okay. all that okay. in question yeah, at the moment, but in theory it still is.
0: Yeah, I was looking at those gaps in the standings sport today, and I was just, Jesus, what? I, I, wow, I've not seen the gaps that big in a long time. You know, between like one and two and three in a single division in the CFL. That's pretty wild. that's happening right now. What needs to happen is Montreal needs to take a couple of games. From now. In any case, yeah, let's talk next. And
1: just to, you know, throw a little bit more. Um, Oh, doubt over. into this whole thing
0: got more
1: um toronto could potentially control their own destiny if they get hot uh, because they do have they have calgary Saskatchewan in the next two weeks but then they get bc ottawa montreal which would have which they need to win by seven to own that tiebreaker ottawa and then hamilton who presumably would have clinched by now if montreal is fading fast so I would say I wow. would say that if if things turn sideways the next couple of weeks, hang on to your hat.
0: Well they I think that Toronto would still have to win six out of seven. Probably probably. No matter and and then Montreal would drop what So then Montreal drops all but two right. so but they we, go two but and we had five a, the rest of the way It, See, it, that's it was awesome.
1: a couple of seasons ago where Ham, where Hamilton was started at like 0 and nine. And they got all the way to like week 20 before yeah. they got knocked out because they got hot and started chasing Ottawa right. and almost caught him until I believe Ottawa beat them in week 20 to yes. put the separation back between the two teams to where it was impossible.
0: I can't believe you're doing this to me, now. I'm not doing this to you. I don't know. I I'm not doing this to you, man. Uh, Life
1: <laughs> and the universe do that to me every week, being a bomber fan. Sh- so it's only fair for me to share
0: the gloom and doom. Everyone's I should about. be doing this to you, man. I should be like what Winnipeg should do is tank the rest of their season go nine and nine and then back into the east. <laughs> they can beat Hamilton once. All right. Well, let's talk next week's games on his first one. Isn't too scintillating, but ooh, that second one sure is interesting. We start to leave with Calgary Stampeder's six-and-a-half-point favorites only at Toronto. I guess we're giving a lot of credit to Toronto being hot here, but uh, I would be hard-pressed to believe that if anybody can find a turnover out of this Argos team, it's going to be the Stamps. Plus, I believe that the Stamps will probably be able to keep the out of the end zone for much, much, much of the game. Hell, they did with Hamilton. So, and I like that Hamilton offense a fair bit more than I like this Toronto offense. Still, so I'm gonna say, yeah, Calgary wins away. Calgary wins in the big city by more than a touchdown.
1: I do too. I, I feel like that they're playing pissed off right now because they got because they ended up the first half of the season what five and four. And that's now mm-hmm. Calgary, St. Peter's football. They survived losing Bo for six weeks, but now they're just like, okay, we got our chance. Let's just play St. Peter football, and they have that.
0: Yeah, see, see, that's the thing. I don't even know if they're angry. They're just humming. You know, this is that hum that we see. You know, they always start slow. They might get a couple of hiccups with the second-best team in the West, whichever team it is that given year. But then, you know, by this second half by this, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, they're humming. And that's what this is. This is the Calgary hum right here. You know, this is everything's working normally. The defense is shut down. And uh, we're gonna win ball games in the fourth quarter. So yeah. <laughs> Calgary Calgary probably wins this game big. As as well as Toronto is playing right now. Toronto is playing very well right now. Not to take anything away from that. Okay, now this next one, we've got Hamilton is at Edmonton. However, still no line on this game. Because apparently, we still don't know the status of Trevor Harris. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday, September the 18th, and Joe, you told me that Harris was practicing. Today.
1: That was what I was seeing from the locals, yes. So, oh, okay. I would think if he's practicing, he's either trying to make see if the pain is bearable, or maybe he's getting ready to go. Either way, I would... If I'm Hamilton, I'm preparing for him, but Hamilton's the mm-hmm. type of team that I would, hate to, I would hate to face if I'm Trevor Harris because they're, they're not a team that misses a lot of tackles. They're not a team that's going to let you um, throw the short passes and have them go for big gainers. That's the bread and butter. the mentioned offense, and this is a terrible matchup for them. So even if Harris plays, even at home, I've got Hamilton.
0: Okay, but here's the question in a lot of games, if you have that capable second stringer, you kind of have to think, okay, this guy might slip through the cracks, they don't have the game plan for him. Is Hamilton good enough to face a surprise?
1: Well, it's Logan Kilgore, so he's been around the league for quite a bit. Uh, he did have uh, quite a bit of playing time last week, so there's at least some recent tape of him out there. I. Uh given where Hamilton is in the standings right now, even without their starting quarterback for most of this season at this point, I'm going to say that they're capable of handling Logan Kilgore. Okay.
0: All right. All right. So yeah, I, uh, I'll take, I'll take Hamilton to win the game. I don't know the point spread, but um, I would just, su- you know what I would suspect is take the under. I think this is going to be another low scoring game by Hamilton. I think they're just going to be happy to grind it out again. Um, that seems to be their identity. It's wild because these two teams, Hamilton and Edmonton, are almost taking on that same identity this year, except Hamilton is working it well and Edmonton just isn't. Um, that's similar kind of style there. Uh, let's see. Okay, how about this one, Joe? Here we go. Are you looking forward to this one? Winnipeg Blue members, two-and-a-half-point favorites at Montreal. I'm going to make you go first on this one, Joe. What do you think, man? Can can Is Winnipeg going to pull this one off? Uh, given that they've had
1: a bye week going into this, given that Andrew Harris is back and he is right. pissed. <laughs> we don't know if Calgary is or not, but Andrew Harris <laughs> is pissed. Uh, and given how well the offense has been working with uh, Streveller and Augustine, uh, so Augustine could clearly give a change of pace to Harris, I wou- I'm not too worried about this one.
0: Yeah, and Montreal hasn't been uh, very good against the run lately. Montreal defense hasn't been very good. You're not very worried about this one. Wow. That's some cockiness from the from the Pritchard. Uh, I'm going to take Montreal tentatively. <laughs> I'd really like to know if we're going to have stand back and Johnson back. I think that would be – I think – that would be key because I don't believe that Winnipeg is all that big against the run either. Um, and I'm not especially scared by the Winnipeg pass rush either. So I'm sure Vernon Adams will again have a decent game. He was not communicating too well with his main receivers last game. I saw where he had 10, 10 misses to his top two receivers so I'm kind of back and forth on this one, but I can't, I can't, I gotta support the team, Joe. I gotta support the team. So I'll take the Ottawa. I'll take the Ottawa. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take them plus to two and a half. Okay. I don't know if I would put money.
1: That. Well, Willie Jefferson would like to have a word with you about the pass rush or correct comment you just made. <laughs> uh, and I do want to make mention too that I don't think Winnipeg is dropping as many interceptions, uh, potential interceptions, as has been dropped by Vernon Adams' opponents. This could get a, be one of his rougher starts.
0: I'm trying to look at the bright side of things here. I think yeah, this is at home, man. I hope it's cold. I hope a cold front moves in real quick, man. I hope we gets a frost out there in Montreal. That is surprising. All right. So, anyway, nevertheless, I'm going to back my Montreal. What what time is that game? I'm not even looking at the CFL uh, website. It would what, be what?
1: 1 o'clock Pacific, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, <laughs> And 3 o'clock for, you know, the people in the middle.
0: Like <laughs> okay, great. Great, exactly. Okay, and last we have hard to believe the BC Lions three-point favorites at Ottawa. Okay, now this is, this is kind of a slap in the face because, you know, again, like we always say, the bookmakers slap on 2.5 to 3.5 for the home field advantage. So basically <laughs> – They're saying at this point, these two teams are equal. Now, this is the late game, right, Joe? This is like a four Pacific even? No, it can't be that.
1: It is. It's it's, it's just a doubleheader.
0: Wow. Okay, I'm going to drop a stat in here. I've been keeping this one a secret. I heard this on the podcast a couple of years ago, so I don't know how many people actually know this, but they found this out. Uh, Some guys crunched the numbers on this in the States, okay, in any – In any late game, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever, take the West Coast team. It doesn't matter where it's playing. It doesn't matter, like, if it's home. It doesn't matter if it's away. Whatever. Because, again, your body rhythms are still in tune. Now, in the future in Canada, this is going to get really interesting because BC playing a night game in Nova Scotia (laughs) will be very interesting to see how much an advantage that is for the away team uh, but it is said that against the uh, spread the West Coast team in this situation in a night game is 72 percent against the spread okay so they're either keeping it close or winning uh, you know 70 that's three games out of four more or less okay so, on that basis alone, and that Ottawa just isn't that good, I'll take I'll take BC minus the three.
1: You put far too much thought into that. Uh, Ottawa ah. is a dumpster fire right now. I was now. just trying to make
0: this <laughs> game sound interesting, Joe. I was trying to get something interesting out of it. So I yeah, I'd drop that I it's
1: going gonna, it's gonna to be quick. It's going to be painless. And BC is going to go home uh, at three and ten.
0: You mean John Jen Winnipeg's is not going to get his revenge. <laughs> he sure didn't ask it. I don't game. think so. <laughs> okay. Um. Alright, Joe. You want to take back any of that stuff you said about Vernon Adams?
1: No, I think Vernon Adams is a fantastic young quarterback. He's going to make a few mistakes, and Winnipeg's Trust. not the type of team that lets those mistakes go by
0: unpunished. Yeah, not this year anyway. That's for sure. Uh, they are unforgiving. And, yeah, it does kind of feel like that. It does kind of feel like the seasoned team that, that keeps their cool. You know, we talk about this all the time out. They've responded all year in every game. Uh, that's what they do best. And uh, Versus the other team, which is kind of like surprised by their success to some extent and probably really doesn't have the chops when, uh, you know, the push comes to shove in that fourth quarter. So, We'll see. We'll see what can happen. We, we might get a full house for the game, though, which could be nice in Montreal. So, in any case, Joe, you got any other words of wisdom besides Go Bombers? I will not accept that.
1: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> not this week. Not this week, huh? Any other words? Well, uh... <laughs> trying to think of because this week's game this feels too easy for me as far as picks go so i'm definitely going two for two i'm trying to find out where i could see Vernon adams just going nuts and that would be one but where's the second one does Toronto <laughs> rise up does Ed, does trevor harris go crazy on hamilton I, I don't see either of those things happening i don't see ottawa rising i don't see ottawa winning another game so where's this, where, where's the second one I've screwed up? I'm trying to find that, and I not
0: No, you didn't, you didn't. You, no, no, this is you did. You picked him. Right? No, <laughs> I mean the Eskimos are not going to win this. Week, not not after the trashing I gave them last week. Anyway, right. So for the Rouge White Blue CFL podcast, we will get out of here. This is Oz Davidson for my co-host Joe Pritchard, we are saying enjoy the games this weekend, and talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.